Welcome to St. James Lutheran Church and School right here in the heart of Chicago. I pray that you find hope and peace in the message of Christ and Him crucified for you in your life right now. Thank you for listening. And please, if you'd like to support the mission going on right here, uh, please go to our webpage, stjames-lutheran.org, to donate. Thank you. What is this? A new teaching, and with authority he gives orders to impure spirits, and they obey him. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen. My first call, Southern Ohio, Chillicothe. Anybody knows where Chillicothe? Ever hear of Chillicothe before? It's like three Chillicothe's. This one's in Ohio, beautiful town. And I got a call from the hospital, and they said that there was a, a woman that needed to see a pastor. Uh, and I know some people there, and, and uh, I always told them if someone doesn't matter where they come from or whoever, they need to see somebody, you know, get a hold of me. And uh, so I came. And uh, they brought me up to her room, and uh, an older, older lady, and she was just scared of death, just scared of dying. She was going to undergo a very serious 50-50 sort of surgery, and she was just frightened. But it was more than just that. She was carrying a heavy guilt that she had to get off her chest, that she needed to see a pastor. And say what she did and, and speak it out loud and kind of see what that pastor might say. I mean, it was just weighing on her what God thought about her. And so I invited her, feel free. I'm here. It's all confidential. So she told me something that she did maybe 30 years earlier, and it was, it was deep. It was It was wrong. <laughs> And she didn't know if she was forgiven. She knows Jesus died for her. She knows the information, that the cross and the resurrection. But does Jesus forgive her for that? And I got to look her right, at her, right in her eyes. And she was staring right at me as if, as if every word mattered. And I said, in the name of Jesus Christ, I forgive you of all your sins and that sin. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, Christ died for that. And with those words, I kid you not, something lifted from her. And she smiled, and tears came to her eyes. And she had peace. And we prayed for the surgery, and I did not see her again. That was, she did not survive that. But I do know for sure she left with a peace that came by the very power, not by the information, but the power of God's words that I got to speak to her, and it released her of her guilt and gave her life. What is this? A new teaching, and with authority, he even orders the unclean spirits, and they obey him. And so they do. Mark tells us that right after Jesus announced the first thing he said, as Pastor Keating said last week, the quickest sermon, the time is now, the kingdom of God is here, repent and believe the good news. He announced the coming of God's reign into the world, advancing with him. And what's the next thing that Jesus does after that? 
he speaks. He goes to a synagogue, Mark says, and he begins to teach because the kingdom of God advances not with weaponry, but with words that do something. Think about that. So he starts teaching like he would. And and back then, this is before the fall of the temple, and you had a variety of synagogues that were set up in areas for uh, the Jewish people to go to, to hear the Torah read and have a rabbi or five teach them. And you do that on the Sabbath, maybe. It wasn't commanded by God. It wasn't like the temple service, but it seems to be a center of the town that everything kind of happened there. But on the Sabbath, they would stand up, they would read from the Torah, the scriptures, just like from a podium like this, and then they would invite a couple rabbis, anybody, to come up and expound on them. And Jesus did. But what happened? What does Mark tell us? That he started teaching them But they said, this guy talks with authority not like the scribes before. Because the rabbis, they would quote guy after guy after guy. They would quote other rabbis, right? They'd sit and read like Pastor Keeney and I have a number of commentaries, uh, well-written, great great commentaries by brilliant minds about different aspects of Scripture. And it's all good, but their sermons would be just sort of like, you know, referencing this guy and Rabbi so-and-so said that and and traditions, etc., and, and I think that's fine, by the way. But Jesus didn't do any of that. He just said, I'm telling you this. He would say, in fact, you catch it throughout the Scripture. Do you recognize the phrase, truly, truly? When Jesus says that, or amen, amen, when he says that, he's saying something new. He's not simply teaching something of the Old Testament even. He is speaking as if he's continuing Holy Scripture. So Jesus taught very differently. He said, I tell you this, right? Or you may have heard it said, right? He says this a lot, but I tell you this. That was not what you did as a rabbi. You never would just boldly say, this is true. Jesus spoke with authority as if he's the one that wrote the scriptures in the first place. Jesus spoke with authority as if he wasn't just talking about truth, but in fact, as he says, I am the truth. Whoever listens to my words will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Is Jesus' words authoritative in your life like that? Are you like the kids talking, who's in charge at home? I am, or I want to be, right? That kind of sounds like all of us. Jesus is the authority. Well, while he was teaching, something else happened. Suddenly, a man in the synagogue was possessed by an impure spirit and cried out, What do you want with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? We know who you are, the Holy One of God. Even the demons know who Jesus is right? And they know he's come to destroy them. And what does Jesus do? With words, he says, quiet. And they were quiet. And then he says, come out of him. And they came out. The man shook violently, and it was over. The people were amazed now. Before they were amazed because Jesus is speaking with confidence and saying, I tell you this, as if he is the word of God. 
But now his words do something, and they were amazed, and they asked each other, what is this? A new teaching, and with authority, he even gives orders to the impure spirits, and they obey his voice. With this, this is huge. Jesus is not just the smartest guy in the room. He's not an expert. When we say he's authoritative, it's not that he's an expert on things of this sort, of truth, of religion, or whatever. Knows a lot, like we think of our authorities, right? It's not just a coach telling us how to play the stuff. He's not just an advisor. He speaks truth, but not because he's following some general understood truth that we all agree on, but because he is truth. When he speaks, it is true. But Jesus speaks, he has authority. His words do what they say. He's not come to just coach us in life, but speak life into us. You understand? It's not just conveying information for us to follow. His words are authoritative over nature, over Satan, over your sin, over your destiny. When he says something, it happens. That's what it means to say his words are authoritative, not just true and informative, but they do things. They're performatively authoritative. Now, we offer, I think that's interesting because I think we offer a lot of Bible studies at St. James. And we talk about how important it is to know and grow in our knowledge of God's Word, right? And I think that's important for sure to learn, to know what God has to say, to know more about this one who's redeemed us and loved us. But I think sometimes we think that that's what church is, it is doing Bible studies and learning a lot. And there's something there. It's important to realize that God's words are authoritative. What he says supersedes what you say, what he thinks supersedes what you think or feel. His words should be authoritative. His description of the universe, his description of you, and of his mercy is authoritative. And far more important to your life than what you think is right and wrong or who your Savior is, right? But sometimes I think we think of Christianity as simply being a big Bible study where we're all learning, right? We got our Bibles out and we're learning more and more and more and more as if we got some big test that we're going to take. And we're growing in our knowledge and our faith, etc. In fact, some church bodies, that's all they do. It's Bible studies. And all learning, intellectual learning stuff. And that's good. We want to do that. But that's not the primary meaning of Jesus' words being authoritative or the primary use of his word. His word isn't just information, but it makes things change. That's what we mean when we say his words are authoritative. His words do something when we speak them. And that's why the worship service, the divine service, is not simply about learning a little more about God, but here today, we are the audience in that synagogue, and Jesus' words are changing us. We come with our sins and our hurt and our failures. We confess them. And what do I say? 
In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, you are forgiven. That's an idea that happened. Earlier today, you were forgiven. What do we do just now? Took a child under Christ's command, because he told us to do this. He's given us the ability. He has given us his words in our mouth to speak the same life-giving words that he did in the synagogue. And you take this child and to say what? I baptize you in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Washed of their sins, made a child again, born again. And today, you're going to come with some guilt yourself and some shame. And you're going to hear me say to you, take and drink. This is the blood of the new covenant shed for the forgiveness of your sins. And you know what's going to happen in a couple moments? You are literally in heaven and on earth going to be forgiven. And the Spirit is going to come upon you and you are going to have peace and hope and be relieved and released from your burden. I think we forget about that aspect of God's Word. He speaks not just to inform, but to change. And we think about being in church, but even Bible studies, I want you to think about that. Being in His Word is not just learning, but it is being transformed by the power of the Holy Spirit to be given that peace and given that hope. His Word liberates and releases and removes guilt from us and gives hope literally. And this is absolutely huge. Because these words are not just God's words, but they're the same words that said, let there be light, and there was light. And these words have been guaranteed by real action when the speaker died and rose for you. So he can do what he says. And maybe you're can't relate to a man possessed by an unclean spirit, although I think, I think you might have an inkling of what that feels like. To be oppressed so much by a darkness of shame and guilt. Maybe you're unlovable. Maybe you have a good smile on your face, but you, like that lady I got to speak with a long time ago, carry some burdens. And it oppresses and it suffocates. Not unlike an unclean spirit. And I get to say to you, you are forgiven. Released. Christ did it. It is finished. Or maybe you can relate by being oppressed in the terms of what's going on tomorrow. How's that meeting going to go? Am I going to be demoted again? Am I going to lose my job? Am I going to have to go to that hospital? Am I facing death and I get to speak to you life you will rise again because Christ is risen and you will and you will leave here with hope in your head and your hearts and that devil that lies and oppresses is cast out in the name of Jesus in Jesus name Amen.